It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the World in 10 podcast with Stuart Willey and Eleanor Shearwood, your daily update of news from around the world with the expertise and analysis of the Times of London. Today, we're starting with a harrowing tale of a killer nurse. It's one of the biggest murder cases we've heard in the UK for a long time, and it won't be easy to hear about. So if you're feeling sensitive, perhaps skip ahead a few minutes. This is the case of Lucy Letby, the nurse today found guilty of murdering seven babies on a neonatal ward and attempting to murder six others. There were other counts against her too. She was found not guilty of two counts of attempted murder and on another four, the jury just couldn't decide. This still makes her the most prolific killer of babies in modern British history. This all happened over the period of a year, from June 2015 to 16, when she was working at a hospital in Chester. The jury heard she'd misuse medical equipment and medicines to cause babies to unexpectedly collapse. Some she deliberately injected with air, others she poisoned with insulin. The prosecutor said in her hands these innocuous substances became lethal. The babies are all anonymous, but two of them, known as child L and M, were twin brothers. They were premature, just days old when Letby tried to kill them within hours of each other. Their parents have been talking about what they've lost. Their words here spoken by actors. Everything. She took everything. Our joy, happiness. I'm not the same person I was before. And in the run-up to the, to the case, I'd suffered a seizure. Before October, I suffered a seizure. It's just constant. I'm a changed person. It's hard to put into words just how it could have gone on so long. Why it went on so long. These are the answers we need. But that's a different part of the investigation. We have to wait for the hospital to answer those questions. But it could have been stopped. Outside court, we've heard from Janet Moore, the family liaison coordinator at Cheshire Constabulary. She was speaking on behalf of the families. Today, justice has been served and a nurse who should have been caring for our babies has been found guilty of harming them. But this justice will not take away from the extreme hurt, anger and distress we've all had to experience. Some families did not receive the verdict that they expected and therefore it is a bittersweet result. We are heartbroken, devastated, angry and feel numb. We may never truly know why this happened. 
That lack of answers was what made today quite so emotionally charged. The investigation has taken six years involving dozens of officers and hundreds of witnesses. Members of the jury were crying when their verdicts were delivered, as were, of course, the families of the babies affected. Some of those who weren't given a verdict stormed out. Tom Ball, who's been following the case for The Times, was speaking from outside court too. He said there was one notable absence. She maintained her innocence throughout. She uh, didn't appear before the court in the final final few days and, and said that she would not be taking no further part in court proceedings. And the judge then said that he would sentence her in absentia if, if necessary. Um, so there has been no flicker of contrition for what she's done whatsoever. The biggest question left now is why. Officers say Lepi's motives might never be known unless she decides to reveal them herself. The Times has been speaking to some of those who've known Lepi throughout her life. If you want to read more, you can do so at thetimes.co.uk. I bet all of us watching Peter Pan as children wish we could never grow up. And that's the first thing that came to my mind when hearing the phrase China's forever children. This story's definitely not a magical one, though. It's one of a future under threat for China's best educated generation ever. And these people, they're not staying children forever because of a wish. It's because for most of them, there's just no other choice. Youth unemployment in China hit 21%, but then the authorities stopped publishing that figure altogether. And it's led to a crisis of confidence in this younger generation who basically thought they were guaranteed a job on graduating. People are turning to live streaming. Or becoming drivers. He's saying that because of lockdowns, he's got no other choice but to stick with it. And that's one reason this is happening, as well as the fact the economy's under pressure, particularly manufacturing and tech sectors. So big companies are laying people off, and the only vacancies left are those more labour-intensive jobs, like waitressing, which these graduates tend to feel are beneath them. For most, it means they're forced to stay or return home, hence forever children, kind of like the boomerang children in the West facing similar problems. Yeah, so what are they doing instead? Well, we asked William Yang, who's been writing about it for The Times. He says it's a broad spectrum. For wealthier young people, there's more of an option about what they want to do. Their parents will pay them to do things with them. So like this girl that I talked to, she just went home. uh, She gets about 438 uh, pounds a month uh, from her parents. And she just, you know, spent time with her parents doing the routines, uh, grocery shopping, dancing, driving her parents around to do family trips. But on the other hand, reflected through another girl that I talked to in a story, uh, these are usually young people from uh, rural areas in China. Uh, She no longer has steady income. She had to decide to go waitressing or go to cafes. And She became so disillusioned that now uh, her goal is to try to go abroad. So will the forever children phenomenon stick around? William doesn't seem to think so. He says the economy just needs to get back on its feet. The real question is, when will that be? The government putting out controversial laws which are discouraging foreign investment. Here 
Here on The World in 10 yesterday, we heard about an audacious heist. A curator at the British Museum here in London was fired after gold jewellery and semi-precious stones went missing. The museum is disputing reports that the items are worth £80 million. Goodness. So what is the biggest audacious heist? We heard from The Times history correspondent Jack Blackburn. He says it depends how you define audacious. Certainly the, the biggest is the theft of the Mona Lisa, which was a man called Vincenzo Perugia, who was working at the Louvre. And um, he had the brilliant scheme of taking it off the wall. And nobody noticed that the painting was missing for some hours until somebody came along to do a sketch of it and went, where's the painting? Um, All he did was he took it into a stairwell, I believe. He took it out of the frame and the box it was in. uh, And then he put it in his trunk for two years before taking it home to Italy. And then he was caught when he tried to give it or sell it to a museum. A little while ago, I was in Boston at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. That was famously robbed by two men pretending to be police officers. They took paintings worth a couple of hundred million dollars. And despite that theft being 33 years ago, there are still signs up offering a reward for information. It turns out, though, most thefts from museums are much less dramatic. Here's the Times chief art critic, Laura Freeman. You imagine, do you know that ridiculous scene in the Catherine Zeta-Jones film Entrapment where she wears a slinky leotard and she rehearses going through all the lasers in the gallery with, I think it's Sean Connery watching her slightly lasciviously. But, you know, so that's what we imagine. Or it's that ridiculous Netflix series that was on last year, Lupin, you know, it's sort of all very glamorous and sexy and planned. And I'm sure the reality is the vast majority of cases when things go missing, it's an insider job or it's a connoisseur who's got rather carried away and obsessed with sort of the lust of possession. It's often someone who actually doesn't even really want to sell it. They just want to to have it. I think it would be nice today to finish the podcast on something a little bit lighter. Mm. So should we talk about the reaction to the World Cup final here in Britain? The Lionesses have made history by getting there. And needless to say, people are pretty excited about Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, I think excited might be an understatement. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) The Church of England has even given its blessing for people to skip Sunday services to watch. Yes, because the match starts at 11 o'clock in the morning our time because obviously it's happening in Australia. It's proven tricky for pubs though because they generally don't have a licence to sell alcohol until 11. The World Intends' very own Nick Ellaby is at a pub and told us what's going on. Strawberries and cream, fish and chips, football and beer. These are the cornerstones of British culture. English football fans want to have their pint in their hand before England kick off on Sunday. But Parliament's on summer recess, so they can't change the law like they did for the King's coronation. So local councils have been told to fast-track extension applications and police are being asked to show maximum flexibility as fans pour into the pubs on Sunday morning. Meanwhile, the leader of the opposition Labour Party, Keir Starmer, is calling on the government to give us all a bank holiday if England win. And that's all we've got time for on today's World in 10. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 